Why, hello, everyone. I'm Dave Ross. Welcome to Good Heroin. I'm drunk. I'm... Oops. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I'm not drunk. And that burp wasn't related to the drinking. But wow, what sweet serendipity, you know? I'm having a beer while I'm doing this podcast, which I never do. I think it might be illegal. I know it's illegal to be drunk on the radio. Is it illegal to be buzzed while you podcast? I suppose I am editing this, so the most shocking thing is probably that I kept it in, including the burp. Like, I didn't, like, do this live and then it's available later. This is heavily edited. There are numerous segments and different points of edit, and, uh, yeah, I just kept that in. Anyway, I'm fucking... Wasted, dude, so get ready to hear some secrets. This is... <laughs> Damn, I'm in a giggly mood. I never have a beer. I never have a beer while I do anything. I don't have a little bit... Of, like, every now and then I'll do a set where I have a beer on stage. Every, like, very, like probably five times in my life I've done stand-up drunk. But I don't even, like... Some people will have a beer with dinner, and then they just have that one beer, and then they go about their evening... If I'm going to have a beer, it's a celebration for me. It's a thing I'm doing. I like to get drunk, and I don't want to have a little bit of it and then just go about my day. I want to finish everything, and then I have a beer. And uh, and so I've always been this way, and it's because I'm terrified of alcoholism, which makes sense because it's scary. And I'm uh, very easily addicted to things because of, say it with me now, clinical depression uh and that's also why i try not to drink so much because drinking is a depressant which is bad for your clinical depression also anxiety and anyone's feelings at all um but my point is it's a little bit of a treat i'll never do any i'll never just have a beer as my drink with a thing and uh i forget that uh that it's nice I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I might be learning disabled in some way because I'm I'm 38 years old and uh, I still have realizations like, oh, wow, it's nice to have a beer. <laughs> but yeah, like I get why people do it, man. You're not getting hammered. It's not a crazy feeling, but it's a little bit of a ooh, that's a nice yeah, I'm going to sail for the next three to four minutes and then be back to normalcy. But for the next uh, several moments, I'm going to be the king of the party here at this Applebee's with my kids. That's what I'm fantasizing about. That's the character. That's the guy that I'm not. The guy that takes his kids out to dinner at Applebee's. It's a special night, you know? They got apps. They got hella fucking apps at Applebee's. Also, they got cheap-ass drinks. 
you know, but it's nice in there. They got booths and uh, the servers wear that apron. <laughs> I'm, see, I'm very easily impressed. 38 years old and I'm still like, ah, Applebee's. Fuck. <laughs> anyway, I'm having a little beer while I do the show and I'm enjoying it. Makes sense, too, because this is the last Good Heroin podcast of 2020. I'm taking next week off. I got a couple reasons. I know. Starting today, Friday, the 18th of December, the year of our Lord, 2020, it will be two weeks until there's a new episode of this podcast. Two weeks. I know. You can't wait. None of you will be able to wait. This is the most important part of your life. But don't worry. I'm still putting out other podcasts. I have a second podcast that I do with my good friend Caleb Sinan. It's called What's It Called? Every episode, we come up with a name for a podcast that we're going to start, and then we don't start that podcast and just keep doing What's It Called? <laughs> but I'm going to keep doing that. I'm not taking a week off from that. Also, I have my Patreon podcast, which is my Patreon is patreon.com slash Dave to the Ross. I have a solo podcast that I put out once a week that's a bonus episode of this show, basically, and that has a new name. I don't want to take you through all the drama. The people that are on my Patreon know about it, but the podcast, the Patreon podcast, has been called Dave Ross versus Dave Ross, but the theme song is says Dave Ross is dead. Chris Cresswell, who writes, well... Hundreds and hundreds of podcast theme songs for me a year. <laughs> He's written four so far. I was going to start a show called Dave Ross is Dead. I didn't because it seemed in this year where a lot of people were dying that maybe it was insensitive to have a show called Dave Ross is Dead. But I liked his song a lot. And then also Stefan Babcock, my good friend. You might know him from Pup or from the record label Little Dipper. He made a logo for Dave Ross is Dead. But then my girlfriend hates the name Dave Ross is Dead because it says that I'm dead and she likes me. And man, I never saw that coming. That really threw a fucking monkey wrench into my plan, dude. Because I don't give a shit if I'm dead. I'm me. I'm just like you. If I die, well, what do I know? But if I die, she'll be real sad. And I guess maybe other people. It doesn't really make sense to me, but I guess they will. Clinical depression. You get it. Uh, anyway, this has all been also death, making fun of it, making light of it. Ah, I've been arguing with myself. And this is an argument no one fucking cares about but me. But this is the drama of my Patreon I kept calling it Dave Ross versus Dave Ross, but I love the song and I love the name Dave Ross is dead and I love the little logo. It's a little smiling coffin that Stefan made. I love it. And I came up with a solution, man. My Patreon podcast is now called Dave Ross is dad, you know, like dead, but it just says dad on it. So you don't have to see that it says dead. You don't have to think about death, but, but those of us who want to, we fucking know what it actually is saying. But anyway, I'm taking a week off from this podcast, and those two others are still happening. If you want some more of me, look, it's going to be Christmas. This is uh, this episode came out the 18th of December. I put the uh, the podcast out every Friday, and so this is coming out on Christmas Day. I want to hang out with my girlfriend on Christmas Day and Christmas Eve, and so I'm sorry. I'm taking a week off of this fucking podcast, and yeah. I could put it out on Wednesday or on the Saturday or Sunday, but I'm so tired. I'm so tired all the time, even though I do nothing. I don't have a real excuse. I'm just taking a week off for the fucking holidays, okay? I love you so much. I love you so, so much. Let's get into this episode. I uh, There's a theme to this episode. There's uh, there's uh, specific things I'm doing, but I'm, I'm not going to explain it just yet. First, I want to play a clip. 
a stand-up clip of one of my favorite fucking stand-up comedians who's also one of my best friends. I've talked about her on this show a bunch. She's a regular at Good Heroin, the live show that happens on the back patio of Stories, Books, and Cafe in Echo Park whenever the fuck this damn lockdown is done. Uh, we'll be back there. Uh, this set was recorded at one of our live shows. It's not on her album or anything. We just happened to tape one of our shows in February. It was February 8th, 2020. Steph had actually just been on The Ringers, the Bill Burr show on Comedy Central. And the very next night, she did Good Heroin. We had her close the show, and this is the opening of her set. TV stand-up debut on The Ringers on Comedy Central. I watched Woo! it with her. Such a good fucking set. She's so funny. Put your hands together, please, for Steph Tolan. <laughs> TV. They let me say I almost blew my clit off on national TV. Can you believe it? I can't, neither can my mother and father. How are we? Wearing white pants, ballsy move, all huh, ladies? Never know when you can shirt. How are we? Didn't see that coming. I fart, sometimes poo comes out. Okay, oh. You guys are too cold to laugh or you're repulsed by everything that's happening. That's fine. A lot of wet shits. Okay, here we go. New year, we guys get tested, get the bits looked at, get them cleaned up. Clean puss, full hearts can't lose. That's the saying, right? Went to the free clinic January 2nd, real packed. It was like, a lot of you look familiar. We, half of you there. Very, you had to like shuffle to find a seat. I'm like, all of us made mistakes, I didn't. <laughs> no one's been inside me for years. How are we? Okay. Um, I think a layer of skin has grown over. Anyways, is that how vaginas work? You, I'm gonna get you. I don't give a fuck if you hate this. I will show you my vagina and make you like it. Okay. That's how it works. If you don't laugh, you had to see it. That's visuals. Okay. I always forget. Oh, real. Anybody else get a real fat back and then forget when they try driving a leather jacket? <laughs> Can't make any right or left hand turns. I'm like, we're driving straight tonight, boys. We're going to the sea. We're not. No rights, no lefts in this thing. Straight shot to the ocean, right to the bottom. Steph. Nice. Steph Tolev, everyone. She's at Steph Tolev on everything. Her album, I'm Not Well, is out now. Get that. Follow her. She's fucking. Incredible. And that set, like I said, was recorded at our live show, Good Heroin, which happened every single Saturday night at Stories, Books, and Cafe in Echo Park for five years. And we stopped in March because of lockdown and haven't done it since. And we are coming back. I fucking mark my words. We are fucking coming back, dude. We just can't do it right now because of, well, you know, because of why? Because of quarantine. And so that brings me to the theme of this episode. The theme of this episode is stories, books, and cafe. Because here's the thing. I mean, look, this is going to... I'm a little bit in danger of making this a telethon, and I'm also a little bit in danger <laughs> of just gushing about how much I love stories for too long. So I'm going to try to be brief about those things. But like many, many small local businesses in this horrible situation we're in right now, they're having a tough time. They have a GoFundMe up, and their goal is 150 grand, And that'll tell you... Uh, how dire of a situation it is for them. So I want to help. I don't really know what to help because I don't have a lot of money. And I also know that you don't have a lot of money. None of us do. A lot of our businesses, I am a small business and I am in trouble. Your business is probably in trouble. And so I don't know. I don't know what to say. 
if you can spare a dollar to help them out, I would love that so much. I know it's fucking hard. I know you probably have close friends with businesses and they need help too. And all I can say is please share the links to their stuff with us too. We are in this together. Help has not come from the government, certainly not enough. So we have to help each other. And so like, I don't know, I was just thinking about it, thinking about how much I love the people who work there, how much they've saved me. Because look, yeah, on the like from the outside, you can tell it's a cool place. It's a punk bookstore run by punks, run by punks from all walks of life. And uh, everyone who works there is a punk. And when I say I use the term punk loosely, punk to me is someone who just is who they are. That's what punk rock is to me. And yeah, the music is a very specific thing. Uh, and people argue over what types of punk rock are punk rock. And some people say punk is this and that. But to me, it's just being yourself and being OK with that. And stories embodies that. And it welcomes people who do that. And it helps you. I, later on in this episode, I talked to one of the people who works there about how that place has helped me emotionally. And it has. I just I they didn't let me not be accepted as hard as I try to not be accepted by everyone I ever meet, which is how my depression comes at me. I'm like, no, no, no. They don't want to hang out. Like we have a great time. And then I'm like, I shouldn't text them. They don't want to hang out. And it's just like, it's hurt me across my life. And that place convinced me that I'm worth a shit. It really did. And so I love them so much. You know, I of course love the crazy art on the walls and the fact that it's filled with, amazing feminist books and zines written by kids who live in the neighborhood, you know, and they welcome anyone to hang out in the patio and they have our fucking show with heroin in the title on their back patio every Saturday and uh, let all us comics just like hang out and get drunk in the parking lot right behind the patio. It's just, I don't know, it's home. And so this episode is my tribute to them. And so look, Never any pressure to donate because I know like we're all fucked, but I hope uh, that you at least enjoy this collection of different types of art from stories, books and cafe. Yeah, it's going to be a little different. I always do comedy and play comedy on here, but this isn't all going to be comedy. The employees of stories, uh, there are poets, there are musicians, there are photographers, uh, and I'm going to play some of some of their stuff. And I just, they're all so talented. I couldn't, like, obviously I can't play the photography on here, um, but I can't even play all of the music, all of the performance poetry, all of the readings from all of the people who work there. So I took a few. And uh, this first clip, oh, I should say, by the way, real quick, just to get uh, the, the, you know, the, uh, not logistics, what's the word? Uh, business bullshit, links, whatever the stuff you need to know about donating out of the way. Um, they have a GoFundMe. Also, you can shop online. You can also go to their physical store. If you're in LA, they're on sunset Boulevard. It's called stories. Um, they're at 25% capacity and they socially distance and wear masks and stuff. Also, there's good heroin merch now on my web store shop There are shirts and there are enamel pins with the logo that Jack Shogren made with my chubby little cartoon face. Um, all of the money from those purchases of that merch goes straight to stories. And I don't mean the profits. I, I paid for, I bought those uh, shirts and pins and uh, all of, I'm not paying myself back. All of the money is going to stories. 
And there's a link tree in the bio of me on Instagram. I'm at Dave DeRoss on Instagram. And in my bio, there's a link tree link that has uh, links to their GoFundMe to shop online and to buy that good heroin merch. I did it. I said the, the businessy bullshit. That's the stuff you need to know if you want to support them. And, and I said this earlier and I mean it like send me links of businesses that you know that need help because I want to share. And I, cause I really do feel like we're all in this together and that's why I'm doing this for my great friends at stories. The first, um, the first stories person uh, that I want to play some, some stuff from is my friend Hope. Uh, it's funny. It's like it's been a, such an interesting experience running a show there because I run the show and then I walk in and there's a person behind the counter and we chat for a bit. And uh, they're like, do you want something? And I'm like, coffee. They give me the coffee. We chat more and later. And that's that was my experience with each of these people. And then one by one, I came to find out like, Oh, this person is an incredible painter. <laughs> this person has a fucking insanely good band. And that's who this next person is. Um, there's this band, Boy Deluxe, and uh, their front person is Hope, my friend Hope, who works at Stories. And uh, they're just, I don't know how to describe them because I don't know how to describe music. I'm a fucking Luddite when it comes to music, I think. I don't know. Uh, industrial. Uh, they're an electronic industrial punk band is that how you would hope did i do it right <laughs> i don't know if i'm doing it right uh <laughs> i hope you enjoy this this song is called bait
again. They're called Boy Deluxe. Fuck, man. I love all their stuff. Boydeluxe.bandcamp.com. Also, they're at Boydeluxe underscore on Instagram. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Listen to all their shit. It's all great. This next track I want to play, it's comedy. It's from Kyle Ayers. If you know me, you probably know him. I've done his podcast, never seen it a bunch of times. He came on Suicide Buddies. We do a bunch of stuff together. He's so fucking funny. He recorded, he didn't work at Stories, but he recorded his first album at Good Heroin, and it just came out. It's called Happiness. It's out on Blonde Medicine Records. I feel like I really mush-mouthed saying Blonde Medicine. Blonde Medicine is on now. It's on Blonde Medicine Records. And you can get it. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good record. Um, and I mean, you know, like I have talked about Kyle a bunch. I love his comedy. But I picked this track specifically because this track, like I said, okay, Good Heroin is weird because it's outside. It's outside on a Saturday night in a party neighborhood where people are loud and outside just always everywhere is loud. By all rights, our show should suck. There are like helicopters and stuff. There's people screaming in the parking lot sometimes. There are a lot of uh, chances for the comics to be interrupted. But I don't know. Somehow it all comes together and uh, it's just perfect and it feels like ours. And I think it's because those interruptions happen sparingly. And usually when there's an interruption by a person, you could be like, hey, man, there's a show. And they're like, oh, shit, there's a show. And then they go watch it. Or they're like, oh, shit, sorry. The helicopters you can't really avoid. But um, I don't know. Like because of that, it adds a, I don't know. It just feels like a community. And, uh, and then... You know, the sounds of nature and uh, fucking the cops flying overhead kind of feel like, well, fuck, we're dealing with this together. And um, this track on Kyle's album, he has to deal with like three things at once. And I just love that he kept it on the record. So many people would edit it out, but just some environmental things, some things that happen because it's outside and because everyone is outside with you happened and uh, and I just love it. I hope you like it too. I uh, I follow Oreo on Twitter, the cookie. <laughs> I follow Cookie on the internet. Why? What are we doing? Everything is a company now. Everything starts fun and cool and becomes a company. And I follow or what? Why? What do I need immediately from Oreo? Do you know what I mean? What announcement can I not wait for the newsletter for? And it's Sunday mornings. It's good. And I follow I, some company. Some companies like this is their whole existence is bullying people on the internet and everyone laughs they're so fun you guys know like wendy's you follow wendy's on, they're just a bull they're mean i don't get it and we all laugh because it's a cheeseburger i guess i don't i don't know it makes me feel crazy because people are like yeah i love comedy i do you know moon pie i'm like what world am i in and wendy's is just mean and they get away with it because we like them and we love wendy's and we love frosties and we love spicy chicken and so they can be mean to people if you don't follow wendy's on twitter somehow if you don't follow them here's a wendy's twitter interaction someone the, a cricket has landed on the top of this it's like everyone can taunt me because you get quiet and i actually hear crickets I'm not trying to hurt him. I'm just trying to displace him from his neighborhood. Come on, we're in Echo Park. We know how that works. Oh. What? You ever, you ever go back to a neighborhood you used to live in that you gentrified and see how much more gentrified it is now? 
Like, I used to live in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. I went back and visited. I'm walking around like, oh, the neighborhood's changed. That's a Starbucks now? That used to be a vintage cupcake store. Ah, here they go. Get out of here, cricket. Well, this is our reality now. We have a pre-cricket and a post-cricket world. Do you have a skateboard? It's just for looks? <laughs> Go sit. You're leaving. Will you? <laughs> you can't skateboard? I can't. Just oh, if we make an aisle, will you skateboard real quick? This is oh this is oh this is your worst nightmare. <laughs> Having to skateboard in the middle of the culmination of my career. <laughs> you must be having the worst day. <laughs> Notoriously skateboarders hate to be filmed. That's the thing, I've never seen any footage of someone on a skateboard before. It's like Bigfoot. They're always behind a tree skateboarding. Here's <laughs> I really love you, and I like that you're there. You can sit on the skateboard sideways, maybe, so you don't have to sit on the ground. <laughs> if straight up, though, if you just lifted your legs and rolled out sitting on it, it would be the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. But you don't have to. No, no, I want you to stay. I love it. I love it. Oh! <laughs> I do love it. <laughs> Uh, it was just him making the cricket noise over here. Damn. Okay, let's get let's do the Wendy's joke. Good God. Um. So okay. Fuck it. It's just it's not as funny as anything that's happened in the interim. Okay, so Wendy, like I said, Wendy's just bullies people. There, but we laugh. Because it's funny that like the cheeseburger is mean and like okay because this is but this is a Wendy's Twitter Twitter interaction this is how they work so someone somewhere anywhere in the world will tweet something like I enjoy McDonald's sometimes <laughs> and then Wendy's like finds them and they're like I'm gonna fucking kill you and it's like what is happening why are the burgers square just tell us and move on. and they get away with it because we like Wendy's I wish companies we hated would take Wendy's model. I want the opposite to happen. I want companies to lean in to the fact that everyone loathes them. I want someone to be like, oh no, Merrill Lynch just foreclosed on my home. And then Merrill Lynch is like, yeah, get rich, bitch. <laughs> I follow, I, do I follow Oreo? Oreo thinks they're funny, but they're not, they're just confident. Have you ever seen someone who thinks, you guys are like, yes. Have you ever seen someone <laughs> who thinks they're funny, but they're just confident, and it just comes off as very creepy and very suspicious, because Oreo swings super hard, but their jokes are bad. This is a real tweet Oreo sent out. They were like, Oreo has a new flavor, cinnamon bun. And this was their joke. Would you dare put us in your mouth? <laughs> yes? What's the answer? No? Tell me. I don't... Yes, yes. It's a cookie, right? What are you talking about? Dare? 
Like, you don't know the gross stuff I put in my mouth all the time, Oreo. Do you know what I mean? One time I had a taco I found in the back of a lift. Do you understand? Not even an Uber, a dirty, dirty lift. It was just a rickshaw. Yeah, I'll try a dessert-flavored dessert. Dare? I eat butt, Oreo. I eat butt, have will. I would eat a butt-flavored Oreo if it would text me back. Like, I don't understand. Dare. Oh, my God. Again, that's Kyle Ayers, A-Y-E-R-S. He's at Kyle Ayers on everything. His album is called Happiness. It's out now on Blonde Medicine Records. Oh, man. I love it so much. Okay, uh, more stuff for more stories, people. This next guy is actually probably the person at stories that I know the least. I don't even think that he would know me. Uh, if someone showed him a picture of me, um, but I know him, he works there. He's worked there forever. Uh, before I was throwing shows there, I remember buying books from him once and he was very rude to me. <laughs> and, uh, normally I wouldn't say that on the show cause it's not a detail that really matters, except I've said that, uh, to the other people who work at stories, Laura and Daniel, who you're going to hear later. And they're like, Oh yeah, he loves that. That's his thing. He's rude. <laughs> And that's not really true, but it's kind of true. And uh, maybe, sort of, I don't know. You'll see. He's a poet. Uh, his poetry is great. Uh, and you'll see from his poetry, which I'm going to play in a second, uh, why uh, I said that was his thing just now. Um, his name is John Tottenham, T-O-T-T-E-N-H-A-M. And uh, this, uh, this clip I'm about to play is a reading from a poem of his in his book, The Hate Poems, which is out now. You can get it on all the place, places you get books. Um, and I picked this clip for a specific reason. Um, there's a poem that he reads, and I love the poem. So that's one reason. Uh, but the second reason is, at the end of the poem, he gets heckled. And I just, like, it had never occurred to me that poets have to deal with hecklers, too. Like, I would never imagine in a million fucking years that even the loudest, most bombastic dumbass who goes to a live show would ever interrupt a poet's performance because of the nature of what it is. Like, look, no heckling is good. No, all calling out is heckling, even if it's positive. It's all interrupting and interrupting is fucked up because you're performing. You're filled with adrenaline. You're trying to do a thing that requires all of your energy and focus. And you're trying to um, keep the attention of an audience while also establishing a relationship with them and reading them and building context for the performance that you're going to do. And so all uh, yelling out is interrupting and I think it's wrong. But with stand-up, I at least get that what we're doing when we're at our best as stand-ups, we are making it seem like we're not doing anything. We always talk about how we're dumbasses, how we're pieces of shit. We're up there flailing. And like the best comic ever will look like they're flailing and fumbling over their words, but they're performing their ass off. And it's what we do. We make it look like it's effortless. Like we're just our piece of shit, very, very human selves talking about our own humanity and examining it with dumbass jokes while being a dumbass about it. And so I could imagine how someone could be like, Hey, what the fuck? 
hey, yeah, beer, or whatever, whatever people heckle with. But poetry by nature is erudite, even if it's not erudite or articulate or well-read or learned or intelligent. Uh, it seems like it is. It's a person standing still uh, reading something in a meter that they wrote. <laughs> like, how could you be like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> like, I just can't even imagine. Uh, yeah. So here uh, is a performance from John Tottenham. This is a disturbing sea of faces to gaze into. <laughs> it's more of a puddle, really. Fresh failure. I could have been ahead of my time. I could have been me. <laughs> Nevertheless, I proceed directionlessly, hoping to profit from useless hard-won knowledge and brooding about mortality about how inconvenient it is that one has to die in order to receive posthumous acclaim. <laughs> and worse still, that one has to have accomplished something. <laughs> I must put that on my to-do list. But what are you going to do when the life that you passively awaited has slowly passed you by? <laughs> you can't hate something because you made it unattainable. <laughs> and you can't resent other people because you let yourself down. But you can try. <laughs> What? what you, what's that? Why am I so cynical? Um, that's a good question. Thanks for asking. A very intelligent question. Uh, because um, the short, it's a long story, actually. <laughs> but uh, the short answer is because I wanted it. And I worked hard for it. Not everybody gets what they want out of life. <laughs> I'm one of the lucky ones. How's your screenwriting career working out? Oh, shit! <laughs> Dude, I fucking... Oh, look, I'm not really one for... Um, perpetuating the like comedian smashes heckler thing because I think I have a big problem with it. Uh, it uh, creates this feeling amongst consumers of, uh, well, videos on the internet that we as performers want you to interrupt us and want you to heckle us because then we get the opportunity to smash you and then the show's better. No, the show is always better if you just let us do it, man, just let us do it. And, you know, like people talk to you, talk back, answer them, you know, and, you know, giggling and uh, the occasional misstep. I'm not going to say you're a bad person, but don't. But also don't please ever call out or interrupt. It's wrong and bad. That said, that was like a 
beautiful and mechanical takedown of somebody. I just adore that so much. At a poetry show, also... Oh my God! Just the how's your uh, how's your screenwriting career going as a fucking takedown of someone in L.A. It really hits close to home for well everyone. <laughs> uh, his name is John Tottenham. T o t t e n h a m. John Tottenham dot com. Um, he posts poetry there and art, and also you can buy his books. Uh, that poem he read at the beginning was. Uh, off his book, The Hate Poems. Uh, now, um, this next thing we're going to do, I, I had a conversation on the phone with one of my best friends on earth, one of my favorite people. Her name is Laura Kerrigan. She's not a performer. I just love her, and I love her perspective on life and on stories, and I just wanted to talk to her about stories and about Echo Park and about how she feels right now. I, um, I, I really... I touched on this a little bit earlier. Uh, stories is a second home to me, and it really, it really has a lot to do with me understanding that I'm worth a fuck. And I know that sounds dramatic, but it's true. Um, I was going there every Saturday for years, and so of course I had rough Saturdays, and um, and I would be sad or depressed or like need to talk or, and it wasn't like anyone really went that far out of their way it was just that they looked at me and they listened to me and they talked to me and they heard me and uh, sometimes had advice sometimes had things to say sometimes ignored it just were there they were just fucking there and uh and laura uh laura was the first you know and uh everyone else followed quick suit but laura like i don't know she's she's just been fucking there for me man and uh and she's like <laughs> She's like a five foot tall, hilarious girl who is so much stronger than anyone else I've ever met. She kicks out. She's this small girl who kicks out huge people from stories. And like, I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm, I'm a big guy who's terrified of uh, confrontation and she's a tiny girl. Who's not. She so many times has been like, I know you don't like kicking people out. So let me do it. She's told me like so many times I will fucking kick anyone out for you, Dave. She said it so many times. Uh, she's the best. And, uh, and I'm really excited to talk to her. So let's get to that. Laura. Hey, Dave. Hello. Hello. I call you just as you're closing up the store, right? Yes. Just locked up the gate. Just kicked all the uh, losers out of the parking lot. <laughs> is that true? Did you, did, like, obviously you're exaggerating calling them losers, but is that a part of you closing up? Am I? Yeah, no, I, I definitely have oh. to shoo everybody off of the patio, yes. Wow, that's so funny. And then they, they stand in the alley, I would imagine, for that is two correct. hours. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, well, you can't hear it because I, I didn't say it to you on this phone call, but I just spent the last uh, minute or so talking about how great you are and what a great friend you are and how one of my favorite things about you is that even though you're like two feet tall, you're the most intimidating <laughs> person I've ever met in my life. And, um, Thanks. <laughs> yeah. And I know, you know, I suppose if you're listening and you don't know me or Laura that well, you might think I was being mean, but I'm pretty sure that was the biggest compliment you can give Laura Kerrigan. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I am scared. And so I just want to ask you what your favorite story of throwing someone out of the store is. Oh, man. Well, there's so many, and a lot of them happened at Good Heroin. Um, <laughs> really? 
Well, yeah, but I mean, well, when you're when you're very small and serving alcohol, <laughs> like you, you kind of got to be a little crazy, you know, uh, like, sure. and you have to start out crazy. So they, you got to spook them into leaving. Um, right. And I actually, I got to 86, a guy that I'd wanted, wanted to 86 from the store for like years, but he never quite crossed the line enough for me to throw him out. And then finally he heckled somebody at Good Heroin. It was the best. And, um, and Matt came and got me and I was able to throw him out and I've never seen him again, which is a gift. And, um, Oh, who was this? Was I there? Um, you were there. Yeah. Um, he was the guy who would sit on the curb and play the flute during the whole oh, show. Yeah. Yeah. That's and nice. he, yeah, he was a problem, but he got a uh, butt hurt about a joke. One of the comics made and was yelling at, at whoever it was. And, um, I finally got to throw him out for heckling. Um, and that guy was really hard to get rid of, but that did the trick and I have not seen him since. And that was probably two years ago. So thank you for that. Thanks, Matt, for that. Um, but the probably my favorite time I ever 86 somebody from stories, man, this might not even have been totally legal uh, of me it's to so do. It's great how many stories you have. Like, uh, I can't yeah. even just – I can tell you one of mine, and I want to hear yours, but real quick, just to, like, give yeah. some more context. Like, it's, this is how constant it was. It was like uh, – like, I have multiple, and I'm not even you. Right. Uh, you're you, so you have all your stories, and I've got like five. And my favorite <laughs> is, uh, and it was so glorious for me because I like, you know, I'm the opposite. I'm a six foot tall dude with a deep voice. Um, if I, if I very calmly and collectedly say like, "Hi, excuse me, please, uh, you're interrupting or you're in the way." people are like, are you my dad? Like people get very upset <laughs> and they, they like can't handle that. I'm, I'm confronting him at all. Or well, you're also know, kind um, of famous. So people probably just are sad to disappoint you. Nobody knows who I am. Well, that's, it's uh, true. I just would like to think that if you were famous, you would have more money than I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that's my only problem with being called famous is like, if I'm famous, then, then fucking, I want, I want more. <laughs> um, there's there's a anyway, distinction yeah. between famous and Echo Park famous, and that's actually the distinction right there. Sure. We don't have any money. A hundred percent. Being Echo Park famous means you can't afford to live there. Right. Um, <laughs> I do not live in Echo Park. In, <laughs> nor do I. I live in El Sereno. <laughs> uh, I know. I live in Glendale, Eagle Rock side. Don't worry. Um, but, okay, so – so another thing about stories is, you know, it's like uh, Echo Park got more and more popular. It got more and more, yeah. it, like, had several levels of gentrification. And uh, it was, like, uh, super half neighborhoody, half just, like, wasted 25-year-olds all the time. And then it got, like, popular, like, L.A. popular. Like, people would come from all over L.A. because it was cool. And then it got to a place where it was a little more expensive, and there started being these, like, entitled yuppies who would come and uh look everyone's welcome to anything i do but the 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 entitlement i can't fucking take it and i just remember one day there was an older couple an older like i want to say in their 60s and they were the show good everyone starts at eight and i show up at seven kick everyone out and then rearrange all the chairs and tables and stuff and i do the kicking out very softly 
And in years yeah, Not of, very effective three, sometimes. <laughs> not very effective sometimes. And you know what's funny, Sometimes though, is I that, have like, to do it. <laughs> exactly. And I, like, I don't even want to paint a picture like it's all the time because most people, I stand at the at the door out from the building under the patio and I say, hey, everybody, sorry for interrupting. We have a show here at 8. I have to set it up like it's a stage uh, and a show, and so uh, that means I have to move everything, which means I have to ask everybody to please get up and go inside. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple minutes to set back up but uh, to uh, to get your stuff together and go inside, but I am going to need everyone to get up and go. Uh, thank you so much, uh, and we'll be able to step back up in like 10 minutes. And, like, honestly, it's one person every thousand people that has any right. issue with that at all. But, yeah, one day there was an older couple, and uh, they just wouldn't get out of the way. And I would, like, move chairs, and they would, like, move their chair over a little bit more and move it. And they just wouldn't get off the patio. They kept getting out of my way slightly, but they had a dog. And you could tell the guy (laughs) wanted to go, and he felt awkward. This huge fucking German shepherd, but the woman was just on her phone and talking to the dude and, like, I would, I said like two or three times, like, excuse me, I, I need this space. And then they would just like slide their chair back a few feet. And then at one point I said, um, I said, hey, I'm sorry. I really don't mean to be rude, but I've said a few times. And now I'm like panicking. I'm like, my fucking heart is beating a million miles an hour. And I'm like, this old lady's going to fucking kill me. Uh, and uh, she has like a knife hidden somewhere. Like that's the level of anxiety I'm feeling. And um and I was like, you know, I've said it a few times, and I really do need the space. And I'm not even kidding you. This woman, I'm looking at her. I'm looking at her, talking to her. And the woman says to her, to the guy, and she goes, he's not talking to us, is he? <laughs> it, was, it was like maybe the craziest moment of my entire life. Well, I was like, Am See, I, here I would rather right have <laughs> like a screaming, deranged, like, like, drunk person than somebody like that but i i i will say that it every event that we throw at stories has its own like flavor of customers that show up and we and we have certain events where everybody who has shown up to those events is just awful but right good heroin crowd even though it's the largest crowd by far that we ever attract by and large awesome people. And I'm not just saying that. Like, they rarely give me any problems. If somebody in the good heroin crowd is giving me a problem, they're not a customer. They're just usually somebody who wandered in from the alleyway. And the most polite and accommodating people that we serve all week. I, it was my, it's my favorite event that happens here because of the people who show up. Even though there's so many of them, it can get overwhelming but it's always fun and everybody's super chill and having a good time. And I so oh rarely God. deal with people like that at Good Heroin. I mean, whatever. Those people are everywhere, but rarely at Good Heroin. <laughs> right. Wow. I didn't realize it was that it was to that degree. That makes me so happy to hear. It was cuz it was my favorite part of the week too. And I yeah, I mean it was like I mean, I mean there's show. so many good events at stories, but like but Good Heroin was I mean you, you guys are so special to us. I mean, the whole event. Everybody loves you guys. And yeah, I miss it so much. I would do anything to bartend a good heroin show. I know. I know. Me too. I miss it so much. And we love you too. And yeah, I mean, I will. I would kill 10 people to do it. And I've got right. a list of the 10 people I'd kill. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
by the way, cause the, uh, that woman, before you came out, I don't know if I ever told you this part. Um, I said, I said, yes, I'm talking to you. I'm asking you to, I'm not saying to leave the whole place. <laughs> I'm just saying I need the space for like five minutes. And she goes, you know, you could have told me this when I got my food. And I said, <laughs> me? And she goes, <laughs> and she goes, well, we came here because we have the dog and we wanted to eat our food outside. And I was like, okay, but we have a show at eight and you can bring the dog inside. And right. she was like, she was like, could I talk to the manager, please? And I said, oh, yes, you can. <laughs> I love it when that happens. I love it. <laughs> oh, my God, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I immediately calmed down. All of the anxiety left my body. I walked in and told you, and it was so great because I was like, hey, here's the thing. And you were like, somebody needs to get thrown out. And I was like, here's what happened. And you were like, I'll do it. Who? And I was like, no, let me tell you what happened. And you were like, I don't care. Who is it? And then you walked out, walked right up to them, and said, you have to get the fuck out. And that's what you said. And you were like, well, yeah. we're not dying here again. And you were like, that's good. <laughs> It's oh, funny because I don't like, specifically remember that, but I totally <laughs> believe that that happened. <laughs> yeah, it was so great. Um, I And it's like, you know, it's why I'm doing this whole episode about stories and why I need it to stay open. Because uh, it's like, you know, good heroin is great. And everyone who's at the show knows it's great. Um, and I can describe to people why you all who work there have like saved my life, which you have. I mean, like I've been there like having the worst time on Saturdays and just talking to you and Daniel and Carter and everybody like, I don't know, shifted my perspective back around to, to understanding what's happening better and like feeling supported and feeling loved. And that's another level of it. But there's this extra thing too, where there's just something about the place where everybody there gets it. And if you get it, you get it. And if you don't get it, you don't get it. And that's just how it is. And uh, the, you're the, not the entitled. The weirdos, all of us. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah, and I needed to uh, stay around, you know. Well, the thing about stories um, that I love, and, I, you know, I, I really fell ass backwards into this job, and I'm so grateful that I did because I knew nothing about it when I came here. Um, but I've been a barista and a bartender for a really long time, 20 years, and the best places I've worked are places that are co-created with the community. So it's it's yeah. a space where everybody participates, and no place I've ever worked does that better than stories. Like, I mean, like, you don't work there, <laughs> but you right. have created, you know, part of stories and we and so many people here are like that you know like you could come in on any day of the week and there's people who have contributed to stories who are regular customers everybody's opinion matters you know if from like in every detail you know yeah. and it's it's such a community effort that I really I really feel personally like as somebody who works there and you know and you know who has a leadership role there like 
I really truly feel like I just get to serve my community. Like I I don't see my position there as any kind of authority over anybody. Like it's just my job to keep this place good for the community. You know, it's yeah. it's it, like I think Alex said it's like a town square. Like it's everybody Oh wow, it totally you know? is. That's so and, well said. Yeah. Yeah. And I and another one of our wonderful regular customers uh did a beautiful post about stories and, you know, something she said, she said, I never feel like I need to be in a good mood to go to stories. Oh wow. Like, yeah, and that like that's how I feel. And you know, I come that's here on my really days is, off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I come here on my day off because well, right, you know, right now it's the only place I can go. But um, but <laughs> this this is this is where my people are, and right. even working here, I don't like. I am fully self-expressed, as you know, you know, and what I, I can say whatever I'm feeling. Um, I can tell my bosses if I disagree or if I have a different opinion or a different idea on how it should go, and they always take it into consideration, and. Everybody matters here, and yeah. and it's a place where a lot of people who don't necessarily matter anywhere else matter here. Like, wow, that's true. Yeah, it is. And the owners are really, really to credit for that. Uh, the owners, Liz, Claudia, and Alex, I love them so much, like family, and they have yeah. created just an incredible community here at Stories, and I'm so grateful to be a part of it at all, especially for as long as I have and in the capacity I've been able to. It's an incredible place. Yeah, I I feel the same. I feel very lucky to be a part of it, and I feel like it's family, and I feel, I feel Claudia, Liz, and Alex are like, I don't know, it's hard to describe. I It's this weird feeling of I've always felt like family with them, and I've always felt yeah. treated that way. And I've always seen them do it, but they just do it. I don't even know what, like, I don't exactly know how they suss it out, but they just go by feeling. And then if you're in, you're in, like I said earlier, if you're, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. And they like treat you like your family if you get it. And if you don't, you, you don't fuck with us here. I remember like the way that I started working (laughs) at stories. I think I told you this. I was in line with Carl Hess. We were getting coffees. Carl's a great comic who lives in Echo Park. And we were talking about it starting a storytelling show and I get up to the front and I was like, I'll just ask. So I asked the woman behind the counter, I was like, Hey, is there someone I can talk to about um, throwing a storytelling show here? I'm a comedian. I've been thinking, I've been looking for a place. And uh, it was Liz, but I didn't Which know. Which is wild. Cause she would never <laughs> be behind the counter. <laughs> totally. I think she must've just been visiting and someone went to the bathroom and I just locked right. out. Yeah. But I was like, is there someone I can talk to about throwing a show here? And she was like, you can talk to me. I own the place. Storytelling show? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, that sounds great. What do you think, like monthly? And I was like, uh-huh. And she was like, <laughs> like Saturday nights? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And she was like, yeah, you should call me. We should do it. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's so similar to how I got the job here. Like, really? I was like, I, I have experience and I'm available. And they're like, cool, can you start on Saturday? <laughs> That's like, insane. Like, yeah, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Wow. And then I worked That's good great. heroin. That's that was my first shift. Oh wow. Yeah, no training That's or anything. So cool. <laughs> no train. No, I didn't even know what coffee was. 
Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I had to look it up in the dictionary. So, so yeah, it's like especially if anybody wants good heroin to come back as much as I do, um, no every shit. little bit helps. Even if it's just a buck, you know, um, we totally. are doing everything we can to stay open, and it's it really is for all of us. You know, that's how I feel about it. I would be so uncomfortable asking for money just so I could keep my job. You know, it's really not about that for me at all. Totally. Um, this place needs to be here. It needs to be here. And uh, so, agree. yeah. Or, you know, if, if you don't have any money, you can share it on your social media or just tell a friend or next time you want to buy a book, maybe buy it from us, you know. Share this podcast episode around, you know. Yeah, do that. Um Let's turn Laura into a performer. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, b- before uh, before I say bye, uh, could you tell us what your favorite um, 86ing someone from stories story is? Oh, sure. There was one that happened just a couple weeks ago that was a triple 86 with me, Claudia, and Alex, but it's almost too complicated to say. But, um, <laughs> but wow. yeah, all three of us at the same time. Um um, but the most dramatic one was we had this chronic shoplifter. His name was Meta. I really hated this guy. And he was really hard to catch. He'd run in, he would steal art books, and he'd run out. And I tried to catch him a few times, but just this one time, I bolted after him down Sunset um, after he got some of our books, and he went into what was then um, the pizza place, uh, Two Boots Pizza. He went in there, and I chased him in, and I got the staff to lock the door behind me. So it was just me and him and the staff in there. And I stole our books back, and then I stole his books that were his. (laughs) And he... um, He got really upset. Um, We had words, um, and then I ended up giving his books back, but I ran back down the street with our books. So it was like, I should not have done that, you know? Like, he was a pretty crazy guy and could have done something insane, but um, I was really, I, I, I just really hate when people shoplift from us. You know, there's a lot of great places to shoplift, but, and this sure. is not it. This ain't it, you know? Um, and totally. But I did get our merch back. Yeah. He stole a bunch of Patti Smith books and, like, oh, some of the, the bigger art books, but I got him back. So, uh but it unfortunately didn't stop him. He did uh, come in a couple more times, but that one felt good. God damn. Yeah, Don't do that, that anybody. It's good. really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> oh but my God. it was successful. I love that you took his books. That's fucking incredible. Yeah. Well, he got upset. I took his Bible, and he got very upset. And I um, I was upset, too, though. So I was like, oh, you don't like it when people steal your books? You know, <laughs> no but, uh, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> but I gave his Bible back. Um but yeah, Very I got nice the merch back, so yeah. Wow. I mean, I could go on. There are hundreds of, not hundreds, I don't want to be hyperbolic. There are dozens <laughs> and dozens of stories. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> at least 30 people have to be kicked out from our objectively tiny bookstore. <laughs> it is tiny. we got to keep things tight around here. People can't get out it's of control, true. you know? It's a small space. We all got to get along, you know? <laughs> Man, uh, Laura, I love you so much. Thanks for coming on the show. I love you, Dave. Thanks for having me. Thanks for caring about stories. Oh, my God. I care so much. I care so much, in fact, that, like, 
I'm sure you can relate to this. I like I was thinking about this the other day, how like so like a symptom of depression, at least for me, and I think it is for a lot of people, but I know that it is for me. I, I can speak for myself. I don't think my feelings are worth anything. Right. I don't yeah. I have that. I have that. Yeah. Yeah, and it causes it causes a couple awful things to happen in my life. First of all, like, so if you don't think that your feelings about a person are worth anything, then when you leave or leave or you stop talking or something negative happens, there's a fight, an argument, whatever, then you don't do anything about it because you just assume that they're happy that you're gone. Oh, wow. Um, I totally have that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like really – I look back across my life now in my 30s, and I definitely have made a lot of people sad not acknowledging that they cared about me. Right. And uh, I mean maybe not a lot, maybe a few, maybe a lot, maybe none, maybe two, who knows. But I know that it's happened. Uh, and um, and so I, it's really hard for me to remember that, like, me saying something matters and that me speaking up matters and that me, like uh, – liking something uh, that I am a part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so, like, I mean, you guys at Stories have just been so earnestly, like, you just, like, didn't let me not – I'm going to cry. Now I'm crying. Uh, <laughs> you didn't let me not be a part of the family. You, like, wouldn't let me. Uh, and, you know, you're we love all you depressed so much. like me. Yes. Yeah, yes, I we love are. you guys so much. I just, like, fucking – I don't know. I just – I. I needed friends and I needed love at so many points and I was like not going to hang out and not talk. And I I was, I mean, I was not going to talk and I was going to like, I would like bring things up to you and be like, ah, never mind. And you like never would let me not talk about it. You never would let me not feel accepted and like loved and like I belong. And then as a result, when I think about stories, I'm like, Oh, I have to, Oh, I do. I belong. I belong. You do. It's like truly my relationship with you guys is teaching me that, that, uh, I feel the exact same way about stories. Yeah. And I feel the exact same way about stories. And, and I, and I hope, you know, like, and I can speak definitely for me and Daniel, the person who works with me at Good Heroin, that we, we love you so much and give a shit about you. Like even outside of Good Heroin, you are so part of it here but that's kind of what i was talking about how this place is so co-created you know it's there is not a separation you know between you know me the bartender and you the guy who throws the show here like we're all doing it together and and we do together create a place where a lot of people have some place to go that wouldn't necessarily have a place to go and it's every ideal that a coffee shop or bar wishes it was stories is that it it just is effortlessly. Yeah. And and that's what's tragic about the idea of it closing. It's not just like oh like you know 15 people will lose their jobs, you know, which to me that's like the tiniest part of it. It's like there are hundreds of people who rely on this place for exactly what you're talking about. This is where they come. Yeah, it's a to type of support that mm-hmm. yeah. It's a type of support that you don't have to be in a good mood to come here, you know, 
Um, yeah. <laughs> Laura, <laughs> thank you again. Uh, it's nice to talk to you, and I'll, I'll talk to you real soon. All right. Love you, Dave. Thanks a lot. Damn it, Laura. I love you, too. I love you so much. I love Stories Books. I love everyone who works there. Uh, I just, I don't know. I really hope that you have a dollar or two to spare to donate to their GoFundMe, to buy a book from them online, or you can go to the store and uh, buy books or drinks in person, or buy a uh, dollar or two to buy good heroin merch from me, and all the money goes to them. And uh, again, all those links are in the link tree link in the bio of my Instagram uh, to make it easy for you to find uh, Laura Kerrigan. She's the best. Um, John Tottenham, Kyle Ayers, Steph Tolev, Boy Deluxe. Uh, I, uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. This was so much fun for me to share with you. Um, just like I can't even stress. It's just a little slice of, uh, of this place that I love so much. Um, so yeah. I don't know. I was going to start. The reason I got uh, stopped up there was I was going to start listing names. And uh, if I started listing names I uh, of everyone who works there, I would probably cry. And I don't want to cry. So thank you so much. And, uh, you know, support local business, even if it's not this one. Of course, if it's not this one, support the artists in your life, support the people in your life, support yourself, support those you love in your life. Um, I... I thank you so much for supporting this show. Listening to this show is supporting. And by the way, that's another way to help. We're all so broke. Sharing a link, sharing a video, that's helping. Telling somebody that you like a thing, that you like a song, that you like a band, that you like a store, that you like this thing. Uh, I don't know, like suggesting if you have a rich friend and suggest a place to buy Christmas presents for people. I don't know. You get it. You get what I'm saying. And uh, as I always say on this show, mental health is so important. Um, it's a rough-ass year where, again, no one's coming to help us, but we do have each other. So I love you. I love you so much. Thank you for listening. I am taking uh, Christmas off of this show, but the next episode of Good Heroin uh, will be here January 1st, 2021, two weeks from now. I can't fucking wait, and I'm going to use that time. I'm really excited, actually. I... I, uh, I'm ready for this show to be more. I'm loving the segments thing, and I'm going to really lean into the segments shit. Dude, I got fucking segments planned. <laughs> uh, no, I do. I have like um, some, uh, some new shit planned, and I'm going to use this couple weeks to get that stuff ready. I'm excited to come back in the new year uh, and listen to my other show, my other podcast, What's It Called, with Caleb Sinan, uh, my Patreon podcast, Dave Ross's Dad. Ugh. I'm so happy. I'm. So, I feel so satisfied with that name. <laughs> uh, and uh, and just I don't know. Know that you're loved in this world, please. Um, reach out to those you love and tell them. It's hard to make yourself do that, especially when you're at the depths of depression and anxiety. But make yourself do it. It will always make you feel better. Um, I'm gonna end this episode with uh, a song from one of my favorite people on earth. Um, his name is Daniel Crook. His band is called Crook. Uh, and he's one of those people that I was talking about who saved my life at stories. I, I just don't even know how to, I don't even have a, an exact story that comes to mind. I just, I would just walk in and be accepted by him. Um, 
And I just fucking, I'm so grateful for it. And also, his band is amazing. Again, they're called Crook. Uh, crookmusic.bandcamp.com. They're also at crook underscore music on Instagram. Um, they have a bunch of shit on Bandcamp. It's uh, what they make is beautiful. I And I... I, I could, you know, with Boy Deluxe, I could I could like sort of figure out which genres to kind of say for them, but I really can't even guess. It's um, pretty <laughs> crook because I know punk and I know industrial and I know electronic music, but I don't even know. I, I know acoustic. I know that's a genre classical. And that's the end of the list. Hip hop. But this is not acoustic, classical or hip-hop it's punk in feeling you know and it's sort of electronic it's not industrial or is it i'm so i should never be a music journalist i am such a failure at it but i like you (laughs) um yeah i don't know i i uh, have so much love for this person and i have so much love for this music and it's just a particularly beautiful piece of music, this song. So I can't think of a better way to end this episode. It's called Departure. So how about that? Happy 2020, even though it was so fucked and hard. Thank you for being here with me for this insane year. Thank you for being you. I cannot tell you uh, what a bright light for me this podcast has been this year. Which shouldn't surprise me because the live show... um, was a big bright light for me the five years before that. And I just, uh, man, now I'm not, I'm, I'm like actively trying to not end the episode because I don't want you to leave. I, um, yeah, I don't know. This show's specific. It's specific to me. I do what I want on the show and I play my friend's stuff. And, uh, so, uh, the fact that you're here listening and that you've been here fucking means a lot. And I've gotten to meet a lot of you. You've like written me on social media and I'm so happy I did. I hope I get to meet more of you and get to keep talking to you. And I just hope you have great holidays and um, that you take care of yourself and that you know things will be okay and that you do things that make you feel safe and that make you safe. And uh, we'll get through this fucking bullshit. Again, this last song is by Crook. It's called Departure. Um, and I'll see you real soon.
uh, hey, I uh, wasn't going to play the good heroin theme song at the end here because it was music and music to music. That seems weird, but uh, fuck it, right? <laughs> good heroin, good heroin. 